At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop him! A battle that will finally be fought. I want them to get down and brought to me! Across the face. Police! Nobody move! Of Earth. I think I'm gonna need some backup. Can you show us the way? Of course. No. Somebody help me! No! Julie! From a distant galaxy. They have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe. Live the adventure. Come with us now, if you dare. Down a rickety staircase into a dank dock basement what awaits the saturday night freak show <laughs> welcome back friends to the saturday night freak Whoa. show podcast <laughs> every saturday night the freak show happens right down here in a subterranean screening room this week we watch travis's pick masters of the universe <laughs> which was made in the year <laughs> I don't know, 86? Was and Br- it? Was Brett, it Brett and Tom are here, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. This is, this is Tom. <laughs> we, we got hey. right to He-Man. We got right to He-Man. You went, you went right to Travis and you stopped. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't right even, like I said, it wasn't even about me. It was about He-Man. <laughs> Once you look at He-Man, it's like, oh, shit, He-Man. We got the original four. That's right. It's a special a podcast. Fan original fan four. Fan. And because Tom missed Thanksgiving, we had a feast. We ate. We're in like a food coma at this point. Speak for yourself. Did anybody find out what year? uh, I think it was 1987. I'm going to go with 87. I think 87. I'm sorry. We're just taking like a random. One of us is probably right. I feel wonderful. I just want the (laughs) listeners to know. I feel great, baby. And this is directed by Gary Goddard. Which we will not say again for the rest of the whole fucking podcast. Wait, but real quick. Were we trying to figure out if he's related to Drew Goddard? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Oh, Drew Goddard, the guy that works with Joss Whedon? Yeah, the Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, I don't know. It's another Goddard. Who knows? So there's a Jean-Luc Goddard. Goddard. But the reason we will not mention Gary Goddard for the rest of this goddamn podcast is he was named... In a Hollywood pedophile sex scandal, and shame on him for working in children's entertainment and taking advantage of the situation. There you go. Shame. Motherfucker. Shame. We're shaming you. Don't fucking work on He-Man. Then fucking all those kids look up to you. Then you fucking take our You're like, oh, man, we're casting this Master of the Universe movie. Got, shame on you. I got a you. great part for you, boy. Shame on what? you for making anyway. Masters of the Universe. Hey, well, they try. They try. They try. Yeah, let's, uh, what do we want to Well, okay, so there's uh, Masters of the Universe is based on a Mattel toy line that was previously made into a, uh, a, like a Filmation yeah. cartoon, which is like the last 
like truly American made cartoon ever. Like a hundred fucking percent American made from the writing to the, the cell animation to the From the eighties. From the it was early eighties. I but grew up on it. You, you can't go back to it though. No, that's what, who was saying that? You were saying that, or uh, Travis yeah, was, was saying, saying that. Uh, you, you can't go. You back went to back it. and looked I, at I, them. I did, and... I did go back to it and, and tried to watch some. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. They came up with like a best of, and I, I'm like, oh man, I loved He Man when I was a kid because I had like all the toys. I loved watched all the cartoons when I was a kid. And I went back and watched. And I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> it's like Thomas the Tank Engine. It's for like four year olds. Yeah, it really is. It's it's like. Prince Adam is really weird. But. Well, okay, like, okay, yeah, Prince Adam being weird. We talked about this a little earlier. And like, hey, he's a little foppish. And what that comes from is uh, the original uh, the original idea of the secret identity, I think, comes from Zorro, where Zorro, uh, what the fuck was Zorro's name? Santiago? I can't remember his name. Anyway, he was like the son of a rich guy, and he pretended to be really, like, you know, really lazy and spoiled, like a spoiled rich brat. And, like, you know, like, he... There was all this real shit going on in Mexico, and, yeah. and, and but he was just this real rich boy, and, like, nobody depended on him, but that was his cover, well, so he that, could go out at night as Zorro. Yeah, and I mean, that's the cover, really... I mean, that's where the Clark Kent things yeah. come from. That's well, where yeah. You have to have, like, a strong character who pretends to be a weak character in their secret identity, so you would never guess that this you would weak never even, person like, Adam, is Adam, why? Like, okay, yeah, but, sure, they look exactly the same. One's got right. a tan, but no way, Adam's a puss. So here's a question, though, because, I mean, I remember, I mean, this started as a toy line. Like, some guy came up with, like, put parts together. I remember hearing this story that, like, they were, he assembled parts from various model kits or whatever and was like, what are we going to call? This is He-Man. Which is like the most retarded name in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He-Man. Me, well, I mean, did, no, did, I, I realize that's that, where this starts. I realize that today. I'm like, He-Man. <laughs> no, He-Man's really? great. That's it's stupid. so fucking. It's like Superman. If you think about it too much, it's like it's so fucking simple. It's stupid, but yeah. I, there's he, something about He-Man. He, it's classic. He's a He-Man, He-Man woman Nazi, hater. <laughs> yeah, He-Man woman it's, hater. He-Man Nazi killer. Something like it. He's all. He's 110 percent. 100 fucking 10 percent, man. That's why there's like an echo in his voice. There's like a natural like. Hello, attorney. You know? <laughs> fucking so, love it. So they made it as a as a uh, you know action figure line. Then they made a cartoon, which was I remember back in the day it was like one of those things where like is this a cartoon or it's like a thirty minute commercial to sell the toys? It was a thirty minute commercial. Yeah. And then at some point, somebody at Canon Films, if we remember the now defunct Canon Films, oh yeah, which they was were run such by films uh, as Superman Four and uh, <laughs> uh, what else? Did, well, they did. I remember they did, uh, you know, Life Force and uh, Invaders from Mars. Those were like their oh, big, you know, yeah, just shit. But they movies. were uh, they were hey, primarily hey, known, well, I think, well, for the Life Missing Force in Action uh, movie well, series well, and the Death Wish. Later on, oh, they yeah? became like all the Death Wish. Yeah, and anything with like Jean Jean Claude Van Damme in it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Canon, which was uh, these two Israeli guys, Menachem Glow. Golan, Golan, and Globin Yorbis. Golan Yorbis. Menachem Golan and Golan Yorbis. Or something like that. Golan Heights. I just know they're like infamous for like obtaining rights to just high profile and like, oh shit, you know. And then pooping on them. Well, just not spending any money. You know, the name is what's going to sell it. It's not how much money they're going to seek into it or the actual product they're going to make. It's just like, 
oh shit, it's Superman, you know? Yeah. We got this fucking, the Salkines are done with it, fuck it, woo You know, well, I, don't, I think the Salkines were done with it at that time, but still yeah. they worked with them. They didn't do Supergirl, did, no, they didn't. No, they, that was still the Salkines, yeah, they it, still fucked it up. And Santa Claus, the movie was the Salkines. But look how far we've but, come. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, today we have Transformers, we have Battleship, we have... Yeah, it's all about... <laughs> that's why this was, like, really one of the first, like, cartoons to leap to the screen. I mean, like... In a live action. Oh, sense. from like from yeah, that was explicitly a cartoon prior to this, like yeah. not a, based on a comic book series or something. Yeah, like that. they just went right live actions. For Where was the Pac Man? Oh, no, never mind. The that Pac- was a cartoon too. But mm-hmm. <laughs> so wait, help me out here because I don't remember the cartoon that well. Like the movie's nothing like the no, cartoon. Right? No, okay. that's the and that's the thing that okay. In watching this movie tonight, I'll just preface this by saying like it's I haven't seen the cartoon since I was a kid. I know it was significantly different than this, but t- so much time has passed. Watching this now, it's like you, I just threw the cartoon away. Watching <laughs> See, the movie because I know in the cartoon, yeah, for some reason He Man has an alter ego, Prince Adam. Yeah. They live on Eternia. There's the Castle Grayskull. <clears throat> he has a sword. When he raises it into the sky and says, "I have the power," yeah. lightning strikes and he turns into He Man. <clears throat> And he's surrounded by a cast of characters. And he also like they don't live at Castle Grayskull. Like oh, they this don't. movie, this movie feels like they live at Castle Grayskull. But uh, in the cartoon, they have their own little kingdom. Like Castle Grayskull is like some like almost like an ancient castle. That's mm-hmm. why there's this mystical power of the Castle of Grayskull. Like whoever fucking wields it's the master of the universe or whatever. So it's like that's so, where the the lady the that lady that you saw yeah the the sorceress in this the so, but the she sor- was a, a character in the show yeah, yeah the sorceress oh, she, she had the eagle she had like the eagle hood yeah on. she was the only person who actually lived at Castle Grayskull oh. yeah she lived at Castle Grayskull she was like some weird like watcher of the fucking power of Grayskull and it was always like. Like like Skeletor at Snake Mountain and all his fucking minion yeah. dudes wanted to get into Castle Grayskull and the so actual the toy line was actually about how there was actually two halves of a sword. Oh and, shit! I and, yeah, He Man had one half yeah. and Skeletor yeah, had a yeah. half. Okay. And it was about it was about joining the two halves together. <laughs> yeah. That's why it was actually interesting. I like, remember once I was we'll a talk. Kid, ab- I glued them things together. Holy yeah. shit! Why? <laughs> but we'll talk about it later. But I am actually surprised how this movie. It's like the sword does come into play later. Like he puts yeah. the sword in the thing. To, and it's he like does holy say fuck! I have the like power. the movie never really references the fact that he needs the sword, even though he clearly does to become. <laughs> right. But anyway. So well, yeah, so the movie then, right, is like it just kind of it. Actually, wait a second. Sidebar: While we were watching this, there's a little furry guy in the movie, and I'm like, that must be Snarf. Tom's like, no, Snarf was from Thundercats. Orko. Orko. Orko was from He Man. <laughs> okay. Well, I, oh shit! Like, that was he a looked ghost. like a little magician. Yeah, uh, he floated. Red, he had the I hoodie. Think they just yeah, they couldn't do the special effects for him. Yeah. So that was yeah. like their little kind of replacement, you know? Yeah. He's like He-Man. a new character replacement. Right, because I don't think there were no toys, I don't think, for Orko. He wasn't like a, he wasn't a toy line. Dude, yeah, hell yeah, I had the Orko toy. Was that after the show, right? It was like, here's the original line of action figures. We make a cartoon for the cartoon event Orko. Well, I can't be too sure about that. Maybe. Maybe for the original cartoon, though. Yeah. But the movie did have additional toy characters they had. Oh, okay. But and there's also like whatever Gildor happened. Like and Blade and, and I was wondering how many. I think I had Beast Man. 
Well, Beastman's an original character. He was the orange guy. Yeah, I had him. They're like, ah, Beastman. Right? Maybe like Man in Arms. Oh, where was Manny Faces? Merman. Well, that's the problem. That's the Mer-Man. problem with the. Well, that's actually the pro- The problem with this movie and the problem with most '80s like cartoon movies is like instead of making, mo- it's like you would assume like, oh, we got this popular line of these popular characters, we can make a movie with these pop. They're like, hey, this is an opportunity to introduce new characters to these kids. Mm. And they always do that. They always want to introduce brand new characters and never use like, oh, I want to see this guy. I want to see that guy. They're like, you get all new guys, <laughs> new toys to buy, you know? Yeah, Teenage well, Mutant Ninja Turtles I mean, 2. Yeah. The, the characters, that, no are re- the characters that were reoccurring were the Sorcerers, He-Man, uh, Tila, Tila, Manny, or Manny Manny Arms. Arms. Beastman, Skeletor, Skeletor, Evelyn. That's pretty. You got Merman. Merman was fucking regular. Everybody had their season. I think like Triclops, fucking Trapjaw. They weren't in the movie. No. They're not in the movie. Yeah, so, I was just I was just mentioning the ones that were in, in the movie. In the movie, from, oh, the, okay. from the cartoon. Well, the movie is like so. It starts. I mean, it like immediately strikes you with like it's got this Bill Conti score that well, comes up is, is like, and it sounds Bill like Conti, by it the way, sounds like yeah, he is, did Rocky, it's fucking Rocky. Yep, and many other things. In with Eternity, that. and it seems like Eternia, Eternia, and it, and it presents you with a kind of a cool like a uh, little fantasy. W- world, you know? No, no, wait, wait, the score sounds like Superman. Was, that's it's why I Superman. wanted to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, <laughs> it is Superman with Dude, a little like, bit of Star Wars yeah. in there. It, oh, for sure. For goddamn sure. But I think it's classic. And the movie, it seems like, is a it's, mashup of, uh, <laughs> I mean, it takes like, it takes like, it's basically like watching it now, and I'm like, like I said, I threw the, the cartoon away. I'm just watching this, and it's like, we took Conan the Barbarian, yeah. took him... And so we have a little bit of fantasy, but it's a fantasy world that's got a lot of Star Wars. Yeah, in it. <laughs> it's actually, I mean, that is why I love He-Man. To me, He-Man is the last good sword and sorcery idea. You know, it, it did like a, a little pinch of technology into it. You know, but it, to was me, was there technology in the show? In the show, yeah, in the show, there was technology, but it wasn't like stupid crazy. It still relied on magic and like mm. mysticism. But there was like a lot of the vehicles were were like shit, almost like uh, they had like tanks and yeah, they, they had, had tanks, like, they had like hover they, they had laser guns. guns and whatever. But they still, it was still like really. I mean, it wasn't like so industrialized. The whole world was really rocky and fucking like mm-hmm. really like swampy. But this movie and, kind of plays out like a lot. Like I mean, it, it reminds you a lot of like I mean, like at its base, it's like a lot like. It reminds me of like crawl. Yeah, yeah, because crawl has that mixture of like Krull technology and the, mysticism. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like a Italian fantasy. Lots of the Italian fantasy movies, you know. Kind of At the that. beginning. At the beginning, yeah. See, I don't know. I don't. Mm. Let's I mean, talk about the beginning. I want to talk about the beginning of this amazing. Well, it actually starts movie. in Eternia. So, like for a little while, you're sitting there going, "Like, no, this the very is beginning." Be- I want to talk oh. about the very beginning when you see a matte shot of Castle Grayskull. It's the only thing you'll ever get of Castle Grayskull is this fucking painting of it, right? <laughs> Which is like, all right, all right, all right, all right. yeah. <laughs> but and it has a narration just to get you in the mindset. It's like we don't have a movie to get you in the mindset. Yeah. So let me start this narration to get you in the mindset. And, I don't even know what the fuck it says. It just tells you about how, like, blah, blah, blah. all There's the power, the power, the key, the thing, the power. It's like, the power to be invincible, the power to be, the power to be 
Masters of the Universe. Oh, shit. <laughs> masters of the Universe. Ba 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 ba. Masters of the Universe. Of the Universe. How many movies need to narrate their title more? That's a good. The title trails. The only the only difference from Superman is they come like from the front of the screen and they're like crystalline. And it even does a swoosh sound effect too. And yeah. any time they would do a name like Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> and it even like doesn't Superman have the rainbow colors? In no, the, yeah. no, uh, no, the rainbow. no, not in the trails. No, no. it's just blue. the space, yeah. and then it shows the uh, yeah the. It's just like a like an echoing of the uh, crystal yeah, like, titles. Yeah. It comes up, stops, and flies off for a second. But well, we know that like uh, Castle Grayskull, because it has this power, is sought after by two factions on the planet of Eternia. And one of them has just taken over as the movie starts, and that's the faction led by Skeletor, Skeletor. who storms in. So there's this throne room set, which is kind of impressive. This is what it's actually, pretty impressive. But it struck me, I was like, is this like the same room that they used in Dune? But I don't know. But Dune, it was like that was the you know the style of design. These stormtroopers in black, uh, you know, armor march in, and this the costume, were the design you know, too, of this, Dune. No, no, no. But right, I mean, that's what I read. You know, into this when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, okay, you got stormtroopers. Here comes Darth Vader because he's got a big flowing coat. Oh, it's yeah. the beginning of Jedi. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's Skeletor, <laughs> yeah. storm and marching in and <laughs> right. taking the throne. And he's room. on purpose with like his canes, like, yeah, which is awesome. I, I mean, because everybody loves fucking Skeletor's goddamn like weird, like, yeah, goat, his, his goat headed king. Yeah, yeah that's pretty sweet. He's fucking cool. Yeah, from his first moment on screen, you know, uh, this is the character that you want to watch. Yeah, you know, right. like this this guy is, makes the film. This is Frank Langella who played Dracula oh, yeah. in the 1979 Dracula. Yeah, he's like. I mean, I was saying outside. It's like this is one of those parts where you know, it's like yeah, okay, whatever. This guy, like, was like, I'm hired, it's a part, and I'm going to, like, I'm totally taking advantage of this. Mm -hmm. It has to be awesome for an actor when you can play, like, a very uncomplicated character, right? I mean, his lines are not, it's just, you just relish the, like, I'm the most evil motherfucker (laughs) in the world. I'll destroy you! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you don't have to hold back, right? Because there's nothing to hold back for. There's nothing, I'm like... Who is this guy? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, he's just evil incarnate. He just wants power. And he just wants, he wants power. power. And, that, and, and, the and everybody reason, to worship him. Yeah. And it's like, and, and as much as we'll rip on this movie uh, throughout the podcast, but like, okay, one of the things that I want to say what really sets this movie apart uh, for me is, okay, I watched Team A my whole life, right? My whole life. And it's always been Skeletor's like, ah, you bumbling fool! You know, it's like he's fucked up everything. Like, wasn't, wasn't Skeletor voiced by the guy who did Starscream? Uh, like the fucking... Uh, you'll have to look that up. I have no idea. Uh, but like all these 80s cartoon guys like Shredder and Cobra Commander and, uh, and Skeletor, they were always like... They always were shown as a threat, but they never proved it in any episode, like at any point in time. <laughs> so to me, a movie where Skeletor starts off by, holy fuck, we took over Grayskull. Like, we won. I mean, the movie starts off with them fucking winning. Right, I'm like, yeah. that's how you do it. I mean, that's how you fucking do it. That's how you wake up the audience. And you're like, that's right, people. This isn't, you know... You know what it feels like? And I hate to say this, because it might open so a can of worms, bitch. but... It, no, it's it's a good thing for okay. you. It feels like the beginning of Man of Steel. Like you're just coming in at the end of another film. You know? For sure. 
And it's like, now, how are we going to get this back? And that's also another thing I like, is this movie treats an audience, it it treats a fucking four-year-old audience like it's intelligent. (laughs) Yeah. You know the show, here's the movie. The movie, uh, the show never had a lot of continuity in the first place, so there really was no origin. That's probably why they decided not to do the secret identity, because... The show never showed how he got the power of Grayskull or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So that would have to be the movie. That would have to be the topic of the movie if they were going to do the dual identity. So they're like, fuck it. He's He-Man. He's going to be He-Man because they're in a war. It's the end of a war. So he's already, I have the power and the fucking He-Man and all that right. jazz or, or whatever. Maybe this is a universe where he's well, not even Prince Adam. I mean, you don't even see right. King Randor. Like. <clears throat> you don't see King Randor. Like I said, there's King Randor, King and Queen Randor, or whatever the fuck they're... I think it's Randor from the show, which are Prince Adam's parents. You mm. don't even see them. They're not even mentioned. Yeah, because there's no Prince Adam in the movie. He's just He-Man in a cape. Fucking right. He-Man. And they the call impression He-Man. that I got was that, and okay, the, cool so there's, there's been a war going on, so like Skeletor <laughs> is obsessed with He-Man. Like, He-Man's his arch enemy. He believes that he's the equal, you know, like the positive equal to his negative, you know, whatever yeah. energy. Yeah. And that He-Man's the only one who could fuck up his plan. So we must kill He-Man. I want He-Man dead. Kill He-Man. Like there's no, parts in this movie where it's like. I'm a martyr. But, I want him bowing before me. <laughs> <laughs> but there's parts in this movie where like He-Man is not a threat to Skeletor at all. He's been banished to whatever, you know, whatever happens in the plot. And it's like, he can let this go, dude. Nope. Yeah, I, I got to have to get He-Man. I'm going to go after him myself, but that comes later. If He-Man is out there, it's the paranoid mindset. <clears throat> yeah. If my enemy is out there at all, that's what got Nixon. Uh, well, it, it presents- <laughs> if, my, if my enemy is out there whatsoever in any shape or form, I have to go after him. Or else he might come and get me. Yeah, yeah. He well, just I mean, might I come get, back and get me. That's clearly Skeletor's like frame of mind. So I mean, we're introduced to He Man, played by Dolph Lundgren. So this is like this. right after he did, uh, uh, Rocky Four, right? I'm so upset right now. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very like happy. The sources are alive. <laughs> His English is still not all that great, and he's got an accent. He does. I like the way that he plays He Man. Like he smiles a lot. Yeah. You know, for like this fearsome warrior that he's supposed to be. He's, a he's always warrior. he's very friendly. He's always yeah. smiling. Yeah. You know. But I don't know anything about that character. I was sitting there, I'm like, who is this guy and why is he in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> because everybody he's treats him guy. like it's He Man. You know, it's like He Man, we have to do this, He Man, and they it's the characters relating to him makes it seem like he's something. He doesn't yeah. do anything. He, doesn't, he gets into a yeah. sword fight at the very end of the movie. Yeah, he doesn't even... Uh, he saves Gwildor. Like, at the beginning of the movie, he <laughs> flies off all the stormtroopers. And then, of course, he's going to call them stormtroopers. <laughs> 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 and uh, he does a lot. It's just the idea that... Well, I mean, he made in the show wasn't a lot. Really, I mean, he held the fucking sword, said, I have the power. Like I said, this is... I mean, really... I mean, the adaptation, like I said, it's a four-year-old movie. So, like, yeah. really, it's like... Uh, I think one of our comments later is going to talk about how how bad of an adaptation. It's like really bad adaptation. <laughs> look at it. Look at it. The source material is like, pretty damn yeah, bad. <laughs> that's why I like how when uh, okay uh, when uh, yeah because oh shit goddamn we're gonna get deeper into this but uh oh shit just do it man ah, damn it yeah Just we're go. gonna barrel through like I have to tell some of the story. 
So, so yeah, He-Man, like, rescues Gwildor from Theodore, this little short guy that's replacing Orko, because they don't have yeah, any idea. Yeah, it's Billy Barty from uh, Willow. And, and they know they legend. can't introduce Orko as a new type of character, because the kids, the four-year-old audience, would be like, that ain't fucking Orko. Orko Plus ain't no probably fucking locksmith. Uh, special And probably special effects <laughs> to make him a wizard or whatever. But, uh, so he's a, a weird locksmith that created a thing called the Cosmic Key that uses tones to unlock multiverses, which I think is a fucking awesome idea, by the way. Stolen from Close Encounters of the Third That time. is not. That's, yeah, communica- it's, that's communication it's through tones. We're all, well, let, that's what I'm saying, guys, Illuminati. The, the all tone these filmmakers know the same shit. <laughs> they know we all, we're all of a vibration operating just on this, like, whatever, on different levels. And but even when color, the kid's like, colors, it's things like, I've always liked the, but that's just, but like I said, that's not, that doesn't belong to any... Right, that's I not know. a fucking it's, movie idea. Right. That it's, is a. It's okay. I mean, it's like it's yeah. one of those things where it's like okay, this key operates on musical frequencies or whatever to open a gate anywhere in the cosmos. Anywhere in a can. thousand cosmos, a thousand thousand galaxies. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna work again. <laughs> so when the when the good guys are in jeopardy. They have they open a cosmic gate and they go through a well, escape. They find and they out end that's up. how Skeletor got into Gra- right. which is another way I like because they're like, okay, all these fucking kids have seen all these episodes of He Man, and Skeletor is like, I can't get in there, you know. But then, like, you find out, okay, by using this cosmic key, that's how he was able to just teleport himself right into fucking inside of Grayskull, right, and brilliant. took the castle. Fucking yeah. brilliant. But when our good guys try to use this to escape, or I think maybe are they? No, they go into Grace. They go into They're going to rescue the sorceress, right? And they get overrun, and so they escape. Well, it's a trap, right? They know. They know they're. And they end up on the planet Earth. Now, at this point, I remember. Hold on, I want to get. I'm going to dissect this movie a little bit. Okay, just a little. All right. Just about some of the acting choices. The floor is yours. When they get into uh, when they get into uh, when they get into uh, Grayskull. And, uh, you know, they obviously know it's a fucking trap because Skeletor wants them to come after the sorceress because obviously Skeletor needs He-Man, even though they don't say, I need a sword. They just, mm. they want the cosmic key because there can't be another one or whatever the fuck. Well, they don't even know that at this point, actually. But uh, when Skeletor comes in, he says the awesome line about all things come to those who wait. He's been waiting for He-Man. It's like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this is like, I'm geeking out right now about this because I like, I like this movie and I like He-Man. And this is the closest an adult can actually get to He-Man in a weird way. You know, even though there's the cartoon, there's right, the character yeah, designs. Yeah, yeah. I just ordered a book called The the Art of Masters of the Universe. All the old paintings of the card mm. designs and shit like that just because it's it's for kids. You can't get there. Yeah. But characters. And uh, when uh, when Skeletor, Skeletor, like, threatens the sorceress and the actor that plays Man-at-Arms, he goes... You dare threaten her life the way a fucking military man like tears up when you threaten his patriot, his like, like his whatever, his, his, his patriarch or whatever, or what, his uh, patriot, whatever, what, what's his flag, his, his, or something like that. I was like, his patriot seat? What is, that's not a word. Woman to matriot. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, fucking stupid. But uh, yeah, it's just, so I was like, dude, that's brilliant. Uh, to me, that's a brilliant acting choice. The guy like had a little, had a little quiver in his voice, a little teary eye that you are threatening like this, like. This blind fucking like nationalist idea towards his sorceress right, or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's like the little things in this movie that make this movie to me. It's like, yeah, there's all this stupid shit, but I think all these actors fucking brought it with like, oh, dude, there's threatening like you death right on the line. I fucking love that scene. And then of course they have to uh, 
They have to, uh, yeah, they got to jet out of there. I like Gwildor's uh, little saying about, I don't like adventures. It's, even though it's a very, like, Bilbo yeah. Baggins. Yeah, because they're going on an on a fantasy adventure. They, uh, casting mentioned early on, we meet Evelyn, is played by Meg Foster from They Live, which we just watched, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and Leviathan and Lords of Salem. And uh, uh, Chelsea Field plays Tila, and she was the yeah, wife uh, in The Last Boy Scout. Boom. Man oh. at Arms, I recognize. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. You said that. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, sure I where I've him. seen him in. But they end up in on Earth. on Earth. And so I remember watching <laughs> this, right? It, the first time around, you know, you're expecting Masters of the Universe. And this is oh. where you have that adaptation of, like, your source material. And you're like, you know, when in the fuck did they ever go to Earth? So this is the new thing in the movie. They go to Earth. And then it's like, oh. I was kind of hoping to see this like epic yeah. fantasy space adventure, yeah. but now we're in California and in a movie that they takes don't place got the budget. Basically, in a record shop, in an alley, in a high school, <laughs> and in, uh, in a it's in diner. your imagination, man. It's across <laughs> dimensions. What well, are you and and a street, yeah, a street. Yeah, but see, the thing is, is there they are no say people that live budget, in this world. Those old Italian fantasy movies. Off. Why didn't they just go out it's, to the deserts of California and just right? The thing is, is I don't even think it's about right. that. What it is, it's the it's the stupid mentality. I mean, this is why even when they do have the budget with movies like the Smurfs, they leave their fantasy world to enter New York. That way, they think of they think that audience can't relate to a fantasy world. They, yeah. they think an audience can't relate to an alien world. But what the hell? I mean, well, like, well, I know isn't that fucking weird? But they're riffing on Star Wars. Well, I but mean, I think Dune this this is yeah. budgetary. I believe. I do. I mean, they can only, the they 80s, can only build the throne room, and they can't build anything else. Yeah, I think I, in the fucking yeah, 80s. I think, I think there's three things going on. It's budget, Tori. There's also it's the 80s and the fact that uh, like you you got to have a high school. You got to have a record store. <laughs> we just got to have, gotta have kids. You got to have Earth kids Teenagers. that understand what's going on in Eternia, right? Yeah. Like yeah. You, the audience, it's the Robin to the Batman. You, the audience, have to be with He Man. Yeah. You know, the, the fucking Jimmy Olsen to the Superman. Or and the, the third thing, I guess, there's only two, because the third thing I thought it was going to be is that it's a fish-out-of-water story, but they never go right. there. Right. Like, which would have been funny. You know, you'd have your Thor moment. There was where, The only moment was they, they had to find food, and they robbed, like, the KFC or whatever. And yeah, like, and they're yeah. Oh, <laughs> this I is love, animal? Oh. I love that scene. She's like, why do they put the why do they put the meat on these little white sticks? And Bandit Arms goes, those are rib bones. <laughs> and she's like, what, this used to be an animal? <laughs> those are rib bones. Yeah, yeah, what a barbaric plan. I go, never think when you're hungry. I, I love Bandit Arms in this movie. Just because, yeah, what, yeah. what a, like, militaristic, like... Because uh, even though, obviously, they live in a planet where, supposedly, this planet, Eternia, doesn't eat any living things, right? I guess I not. mean, they are today's world, right? Where you put like just you plants. put anthropomorphic feelings on living things, <laughs> so well, you don't want to eat Eternia, it. Like, they've got Cringer. Well, and not this Cat. fucking movie though. Oh, don't true. bring it up oh, to the audience. Oh, they've got like thinking, talking animals, yeah. so they wouldn't eat them. In Battle there. Cat. Oh, but I like man. how at least at least <laughs> I remember that. I don't yeah, missed Battle opportunity. I bit, well, missed yeah. opportunity. Fuck. They're like, we don't, we can't afford that. <laughs> they need a George Lucas this film and put it <laughs> yeah. in Battle Cat. In the yeah, they need a Battle Cat. Oh my god. Yeah, trust me. So. uh yeah, I just think it's funny how uh, at least he maintains like a militaristic identity. That's yeah, like, hey, well, if you're fucking hungry, you eat what you which eat. Which right raises now. the question: Has he been to Earth before? Because he has like carnal knowledge on this. He's just what? a war dude, man. 
Like no, maybe through a military, food, maybe he's, he's a colonel now. He's been fucking these it looks uh, animals. Like chicken, dude. It looks <laughs> like ribs. No, you saw it, the, the couple there. I like, I like when she's like, look there, and there's the couple kissing. He's like, I was doing that before you were born. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just old. That's his thing. He's old. He's, so he's wise. Yeah, yeah, maybe, he's yeah, maybe wise there's like an older attorney. Maybe attorney used to like eat animals and like you know. I mean, he said I like. He's like. Whatever I forget, whatever conflict he said, thirty days without rations or whatever. Yeah, those yeah, little things yeah. are kind of. I mean, that's like flavor, you know, character little bits, yeah. little bits. But they're there. And I think that's all. Sometimes I think that's all you really need. I really do because sometimes he man doesn't have any of those. That's true. He may not. <laughs> well, maybe, no. But maybe they're on the cutting room floor. Maybe, we, maybe, maybe they were in English. He was, right? <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, did they just cut most of Dolph Lundgren's lines out of this movie? Which maybe the. But did I they, don't know. He uh, did pretty good when, like, he saves Courtney Court. Well, Courtney. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. Jesus. Who's very beautiful in this movie. Oh, Pre yeah, Friends. Very young. Yeah. Post Dancing in the Dark music uh, video. <laughs> But like, I mean, when after he's, fr- Misfits of Science, anyone? anyone? He's yeah, got, a, I mean, he's got like dialogue with her. Sounds good. But okay, okay, let's talk about dialogue. Could there have been at least one line of dialogue saying how like, oh, these uh, what do they call them? The natives look exactly like us. Isn't that kind of strange? Yeah, uh, we can breathe their air. We're not a problem. If, yeah, if we if we went to another, I don't think planet, we're supposed to think about. And it. even I mean, even this, like the Earth kids weren't ever. They weren't like. What are you doing dressed like half naked, running around with swords and laser guns? Yep, it's like, just all accepted. Well, but they were getting yeah. attacked right away because, okay, Courtney Cox and her boyfriend, like, she's, she's like, the subplot to this movie is this, is she's leaving town because her parents died in a plane crash. She just needs a change. And, uh, they go to the cemetery where they find the cosmic key, which got, uh, dislodged from a grappling hook, which I want to fucking mention. Like, to me personally, like, growing up with He-Man, and, like, everything in this movie doesn't look like He-Man, but that grappling hook is one of those things, like, oh, my God, that looks exactly like something from a He-Man universe. There's just, just the design of that grappling hook looks like out of the fucking Motu goddamn universe. It looks like the vending machine game where you try and win a yeah, stuffed animal. Yeah, a little claw, Like, yeah. the Motu, Motu is masters, masters of, of the, the universe. universe for oh. all the all the toy nerds that need to shorten things like TMNT and Motu and, like, like Motu. Motu. And uh, her boyfriend is played by Robert Duncan McNeil, who would later go on to be Tom Paris in Star Trek Voyager. It was just weird because I've seen, like, a lot of that show – and seeing him young, running around like as the lead, basically, and yeah. he's the human. He's your. They are your. Av- he and Courtney Cox are your avatars into this movie. Yeah, the, you know, you're supposed to be seeing all this weird shit from there. Get out! Get out! <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he's attacked by Beast Man, and yeah, get out! Get out! Yeah. What do you want from me? So oh. they find the cosmic key, and by activating it, like he may or Skeletor can uh, locate them, and so they send mercenaries who like what we know as like in the masters of the universe cartoon Skeletor would just work with these different fucking monster men, merman, but in this they're seen as like mercenaries that, that are for hire. Mm. And, you know, it's a whole new cast of fucking. What'd you think of the, the, the makeup designs on those? I mean, cause you know, yeah. I really, when uh, I was a kid, I really liked like the lizard. I forget what his name is. Scourge. Yeah. The throat. Like that. Yeah. yeah the he's got like the little throat air, throat. the air bladder, cool. like yeah. the throat yeah. or whatever. Beastman uh, was all right. The guy, was all right. whatever blade, I thought that was like. Well, I mean, he was like really a bald even guy. Trying. Yeah, <laughs> people, people yeah. seem to really like Blade though. He's the one that like everybody really seemed to like. 
Yeah. He's got swords. He has got a sword. He's he got two speaks. swords. He's the only one who speaks. Yeah. The other well, ones well, are Krang all... or what's oh, the yeah. thing? The guy with the big fake hair. He's got like a mullet. big white fucking like. <laughs> a white mullet. Like, yeah. That kind of like, moves independently of it's his like peg, Yeah, hook Peg arm. Bundy's fucking like yeah. blade yeah. hive. Krang yeah. or Krang. Krang. Oh. No, his name's like Kang or some Krang. shit. But I thought he's a cool character. He's like a, he's just like a gray thing. He's got like a cool voice though. He's got that. See, I cool. hated like, you know, hey, like don't, I don't use that word. Hates a strong word. Like, <laughs> I did not like the makeup on Skulls. Oh, you're fucking insane. <laughs> that, that, was just, oh, no. that bothered me the most. You're insane. Man. It yeah. bothered me the most. How? Why? Right it? now, Google Red Skull from Captain well, no, America. I, the, I, I know. I'm, I'm telling you, that looks like a fucking Halloween costume. This looked like a Skeletor. It was awesome. It did, I mean, like I had the Skeletor toy. Like I, I, I Skeletor was one of my favorite dudes. It just didn't look like a skull to me. Because uh, the Skeletor toy, all the drawing, he's got like black, I think, eyes. Like, like the eye sockets are empty. He's like a yellow skull yeah. sitting in a black hood. Where is that purple this? skull? No, it's a yellow skull with a purple hood. It's a purple. He's got, oh, like, yeah, he's got right, purple, purple clothes. In the mo- in the cartoon, he's got like blue. He's got actually got blue flesh. He's got blue flesh. Oh, it's blue and he's flesh. like, I mean, he's he's got normal skin and fucking super roided out like all the other guys. Um, and the exact same torso as he man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the same one. You just interchange. Battle damage. Co- co- color. Battle damage. Oh, I had the yeah, battle damage. Yeah, battle damage. But but fuck you. This makeup job is awesome. A skeleton. Awesome. Like inspired me like beyond beyond. Like still does to this day. Like when I saw, like I said, when I saw Captain America and I saw the Red Skull, I'm like, what the fuck. In 1987, his Skeletor looked way better. I mean, it looks like a skull. It looks like someone's skin that is so thin. It is kind of cool how expressive the actor can still be while wearing the prosthetic. Yeah, and you like... Because you mostly see his eyes. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. It's yeah. like, you know, you see his eyes inset within the, you know, the, the sockets. Yeah. Which is a, a departure from the design of the original you know, right. Skeletor. So there's that. He's got fangs that I don't think the original Skeletor had. And it's a you know it's a it's a prosthetic that's built out on his yeah. face and gives him like the uh, you know yeah but <laughs> and the close ups you know because we're watching it on Blu-ray today uh, you know you can see the <laughs> the in his no- nostrils which are supposed to be empty there's you know the the black uh, like black marker yeah the screens <laughs> or whatever in there yeah, to, you know. and yeah. the the face you know the nose moves with you know the expressive face which is like okay that's not a skull but you know I mean I get what they're doing it didn't bother me. You know, I'm still saying like compa- it's a guy who's supposed to be a skull. I'm just saying, <laughs> compa- compare it to fucking modern day Red Skull, and this wins out. I'm swear, I swear. I kept waiting for him. Seriously, I was waiting for the like because it was always like, bah, this is a, I'm a man who does this." I was waiting for him to be like, "But I'm not a man," you know, because he's a skeleton. I mean, he's a guy with the fucking well, skin, no skin man, on his man. face. No, but he's also like kind of a sorcerer guy. So we're to believe maybe he was a man, and that his. Maybe his face just got this for this figure. Yeah, he, he keeps it's the going. power of evil. Like has sucked the fire. I, I liked what you said. Like, Let's not think about man? it. <laughs> while, while, while we were watching it, Travis, you said that like it was like a man that had skin so thin that you could see his skull. It's almost like a skin so thin you could see his fucking. Skull. That's creepy. It's creepy. That, it's fucking like a translucent. Almost fish-like skin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god! I get behind something like that. That's good. That's scary. That's, That's scary. Yeah. And so, okay, so they got to fucking track these goddamn... I mean, the story's not that interesting. I mean, whatever. Oh, we lost the fucking key. 
We, you know, we're gonna take it to the record store. We oh, think he think the the guy who finds it thinks it's a synthesizer, synthesizer, which is funny. We gotta take it to the record store to find out is it a synthesizer? Charlie's eating pizza because it's the eighties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, the fact that they have to take it to a record store because it's the eighties, like that, right? You know, like, <laughs> or no, know, it, was, it wasn't a record store, was it? It was a, no, it was a music. It was store. a music it was store, like a, like yeah. a guitar yeah. center or whatever. And I, I think it may have been like a pawn shop mm-hmm. because they're like, man, I wonder what I could get. Well, no, all music stores are like kind of buy. Yeah, buy you know, they yeah. all sell like used instruments. Or okay, yeah, like yeah. That, yeah. But I just like I said, I kind of like how I kind of like how. It uses the music angle. It's just kind of, uh, I don't know, it's one of those things where, I guess, if you think of uh, 80s cartoons, I suppose, uh, and uh, characters always have, like, well, this is your this is your hobby, or this is how you express yourself. Because you know, you're kind of trying to teach kids how to, either different ways of expressing themselves or positive ways of expressing themselves or whatever. So... The idea that they added, uh, like, a musical character that can work with... Because, like, the Eternians, they only know, oh, you use the tones to open the open the multiverse or whatever the fuck. But, you know, when they find out, like, oh, shit, you, you know, you're a music maker? Oh, my God. You know, where, you know... It's, you well, he says think, you must be a master. He's yeah, you must another be a master. master and he just assume, oh shit. Well, everybody, anybody could do this, but it's like, well, you don't know. You know, your your own interpretation of something could matter. You know, independently. You know, so I don't know. It's got kind of that. I mean, I'm sure they could have worded it. I think I fucking worded it better than they did. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so it's not really interesting, but it's just got a lot of like, you know. Cool flying around jets. And yeah. Well, there's a lot of puppy love stuff going on here with you know the two human characters that you were kind of unexpected they, yeah, that they're, they're in do. this movie. Yeah. It's like because they got like this little drama it's going sad on. Sad at the very beginning because like I imagine the whole like you know this guy's gonna fucking drop his girlfriend off at a fucking airplane. Her parents died and she's like I gotta forget you. I gotta forget this town. I gotta forget everything that could possibly remind me of my parents. Yeah. So even though I love you and she's got that friend that's like you want a word of advice you are gonna regret. You know, dumping this this awesome guy. Like, I don't. He must be like the best musician in, in the high school or something like that. <laughs> he did play the night before yeah, whatever, at Club right? Zero. Yeah, the best Club Zero. <laughs> so, so that to me, that is kind of a really fucking sad opening for a cast of characters, right? That it's like, dude, you know, but well, sets up this girl art. you fucking love is just gonna leave, you, even though she loves you, and that's the saddest sort of thing. You know, it's kind of better. It's like I hate you. I want to leave. But when you like both love each other, it's like I gotta leave to, for just for fucking try to forget shit, you know? Yeah, sad, yeah. man. It is sad. <laughs> they eventually get split up, and then of course, uh, then that's when the the bad guys Beast show man. up. Yeah, they come up to the fuck high school. Well, this this gives an opportunity to inject another character into this menagerie of, and it's uh, fucking James Tolkien, who you will probably Strickland, Strickland from the Back <laughs> to the bunch Future of punks. movie. <laughs> Who that guy is another guy who, like, I think... Authority figure. Yeah, but he comes off, you know, like, as an actor, like, I totally know that this is, you know, whatever. This is something that the kids are into, and I'm doing it. But he's, like, a very expressive, so he's always wiping his nose and doing, oh, like, he's all awesome. this really, yeah. you know, I mean, he's very Rubbing enthusiastic. And, like, <laughs> stealing the show. He's always pointing the finger yeah. and, like... 
Yeah. He's always pushing actors into position too. He grabs yeah. them by the arm and like places them. Places, like you're gonna tell me what you got this. And you're gonna do this. <laughs> fucking awesome. Man. He's the man. Which I want to comment on the uh, like four attorney of mercenaries going after the one high school girl. <laughs> like I keep thinking about this. Like God damn, what kind of mercenaries? They can't pull it off. But what if? Just what if? Master of the Universe is like a cartoon world, and like they are as buffoonish as they are in the cartoon. It certainly comes off. That so way. in on Earth, they still can't fucking kill. Like yeah, He Man can fight them, and like la la, but they can't match a human girl. Because <laughs> yeah. they're cartoons. They don't. Well, they even them. come back to their boss and be like, "Oh, we were out." Numbered, and when she finds out, oh, they lie. That was like, awesome too. You, get, you were outnumbered, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good fucking. Uh, that's a good like uh, He-Man villain trait to me is returning to Skeletor and like coming up with a fucking like just like oh, oh the attorney is outnumbered. We we thought it better to escape with our lives and come yeah. back with better forces. You know that's awesome. Is that right. when he has the line? I'm not in the giving. Yeah, he vein, says, like, "Give but... us, give us another chance." And he goes, "I'm not in the giving vein this day." And he fucking electrocutes uh, Sauron, my favorite fucking lizard guy. I was like, "God damn it!" Yeah, I could have taken very care much of the guy like that made the yeah, yeah, right. Is that is that brilliant like, or is that no? Like, no it's force on. lightning. He uses force lightning. It's not force. He's a fucking sorcerer guy. But you take out the other one to show the guy that made the comment. Be like, this is what. Yeah, happens. but that makes me mad because I like the lizard guy. Yeah, Blade, me too. Yeah, yeah, Blade required no makeup, so they're like, get rid of him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get rid of the makeup guy. We can't afford that shit. Air bladder. Yeah, yeah. but uh, then uh, Evil Lynn, he's like. Uh, Evil Lynn says something about how, like, well, if we do this, we can whatever. And he's like, good, when you return with the attorneys. And she's like, I was not suggesting that I go. And he says, then you should not have spoken. <laughs> Fucking brilliant, dude. I swear to God, everything he says in this movie is just like, oh, man. Oh, it's the best. Well, at some, point, at some point, Brent was actually, like, so as we were watching it, he's like, this guy's in a much more dramatic movie than everybody else <laughs> yeah. in this movie. <laughs> he really was. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> He's kind of. It reminds me of uh, what the sheriff of Nottingham and remember Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, yeah. Where it's yeah, like yeah, this yeah. guy's not in the same movie that everybody yeah. else is. In. <laughs> <laughs> And, and his movie is better than the one that we're watching. Yeah, I want to see more of his film. I'm stuck in this 80s teen, teeny boffer movie. I want to go to this film. Oh, he was great, man, because he's Skeletor, dude. He's fucking Skeletor. I mean, the guy, my favorite line he has in this whole movie, he might be jumping ahead a little bit, but whatever, we're all over the map, I guess, is when he does get He-Man. I mean, I guess it doesn't fucking matter. I mean, it's fucking bullshit. But uh, I like how you can get He-Man by, like, you know, not another step of your friends will get, you know, you just got to threaten your friends, right? Once again, kind of, soli- it's, it's like solidifying, like, a social statement to, like, kids. Like, you got to find a knit, a, like, a knit group of friends that will help you out through any situation and don't betray them. Yeah. Because those people will help you later as long as you, you know, whatever, stay true and do-do-do. And I always and, like the idea of like two groups of friends coming together and like instantly bonding and working together because like you know you have uh, the, yeah, the Snarf uh, and then you know <laughs> you, Snarf. yeah the Eternians Will Bar well, okay Dar. yeah thank you <laughs> but you have you have the Eternians and then also you have uh, the the Earth Earthlings and you have like the record store guy and they all come together and then they're you know all fighting the common 
evil. Yeah, I like how uh, when, uh, when uh, Strickland, yeah. Yeah. what are we calling him, Strickland? Strickland. 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 What was his name? His name Nobody knows. He's the guy who like cocks his gun. They're killing each other out there. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's very enthusiastic. In this movie, okay, this is what I remembered. Like, this is one of those things that stuck with me for 20-some years. 30 years? So almost 30 years. Because I haven't seen this since, like, 1987, right? And I remember at the time going, like, this guy gets at some point he gets a shotgun from the record store yeah, guy from and runs out. He's a cop. He should be able to have access to his own fucking arsenal. Yeah, but uh, he ends up running. You know, getting the shotgun and every scene he punctuates. It's, like, okay, it's, it's not every it's, scene. It's he, does every he does it four times. He does it four. I think times. it was like six. It's four. It's we counted. It. There was four <laughs> it times. Was over it's four, four or five. No, it's I think four, it's five. Uh, God damn it. Five. What the fuck, people? Five. I just He's said like, it. Okay, it's we're gonna more. we're gonna go get these he, guys. He picks up the gun and cocks it. Yeah. He runs outside and cocks <laughs> it, and then. He gets these other cops, and he's like, "I'm telling you, it was a battlefield out here, or whatever the fuck." Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> and they're he, over here. Yeah. My 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 uh, impression of him starting to turn into a Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> and, uh, and then, so yeah, he cocks it four times. He cocks it like when he. No, sees there was the, another one that you missed. That you're like, Wait, did no. he cock it? And like, yep, he cocked it. Yeah, I'll tell you four times. And then anyway, I mean, then he starts blasting and he's cocking. But well, because like, once they get actually get over to Eternia. Uh, but his character is really kind of sad if you think about it, Aww. because I mean he has nothing else going on. He, <laughs> he makes he, out the best. He's investigating well, an arson. I know. There was a there was a fire at the school, and he's like, I gotta know what's going on over here. I got an arsonist. I got this guy. You're telling me this. So he goes and hangs out with a teenage boy at his house. Yeah, he distrusts him. He knows. He's like, oh, I gotta get to the well, bottom. Because he knows of this. that that guy. Well, I mean, really, he's a lead. He because because he knows. I mean, that yeah. guy went there looking for his girlfriend. He's like, you know something that way on in here? You know, you're going to come with me, kid. Yeah. I like this character. I really do. Like, <laughs> I, He I, seems really bizarre, but like, I really buy into he's him. bizarre. Because he just holds on to him. He's like, you know something that happened with this fire? Come here. You, you know, your girlfriend's missing. You know, I... I, I I like the character, too, but like, as far as... I've never seen another detective that follows the kid home. And like you know, like we're gonna get to the bottom of this. I'm not letting you out of my sight until I figure yeah. out what. At this some thing point, is. you're gonna do something that's gonna reveal yeah. something. And until yeah. then, we're no, just they're trying hang to. Out. They're trying to find the girl. Right. They're trying to find Julie because they know that like she was supposed to be there. She must have seen something. She knows who set fire to the school. You know, I'm just so saying. Usually, really, they go back. to Really, like, he's supposed the, to. He's supposed to be he's dropping. Got a lot he's of supposed time to be like hands. dropping yeah. him off. <laughs> he's supposed to be dropping the kid off and still like. Kind of like I don't know, even getting information on Julie. Like they're gonna check if Julie maybe just went home. Like maybe she ran from the school and went home. Yeah. And Julie calls and she's like, "Oh, there's you know." She gives fucking her boyfriend the lowdown. Like, "Oh, these dudes from another universe have the little you know they want that thing that we got." And well, I don't know if I should go here now, but since we're talking well, about it, the I'll idea that this character, like Tom says, he makes out the best, and he does. In a certain sense, at the end of the film, he ends up on Eternia with, you know, as many girls as he wants or whatever. Well, because he but, was a true warrior. Right. But the, also the same, like, if you think about it, he has nothing to go home to. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. there's no reason for him to go back. And that's kind of sad. Well, we don't even know that. He could have a wife. He could have, like, well, he kids. Does, we don't know yeah. that at all. He just he does, like, he doesn't want to. Eternia. <laughs> which is also sad because he doesn't want to go but back. But I think that's actually awesome because I think that's why he's so hardcore. Because, like, okay, the way I see it, Eternia... Dude, Attorney is this fucking battle-hard planet, dude. It's constantly at war between good and fucking evil. There is no gray side. 
there's a hundred. That's why I, what I was trying to say earlier, I don't even think I got to, around to it. But uh, my favorite line in this is when Skeletor has He Man captive, and he tells, he asks He Man, "Tell me, is the loneliness of good is equal to the loneliness of evil?" Uh-huh. It's just like talking about. Being a fundamentalist in either way, you're completely cutting yourself off to a majority of the fucking world, you know? So I think, uh, I think this, this, uh, so I, I think of attorney as this really fucking battle hardened planet and, and, uh, this, 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 this detective guy who's so fucking high speed, you know, he's not supposed to exist in our fucking world because we don't live in that world, right? He goes to Eternia, he, he, he actually has a place there. He, he is blows a, fucking, a bunch of dudes away. Yeah, he's he's fucking, like, oh, fuck it, and he just... <laughs> no one takes a pot shot or whatever. No one takes a pot shot at Striper or whatever. That was actually kind of funny because, like, his character basically goes through, what, from what I saw... Was like, well, someone please tell me what the hell is going on here. What is going on? This, this is, is crazy. crazy. What's going on? Then I want your kid to tell me. It's like we're here. What? Are we? Those are the bad guys. Bam! 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 You know. Well, but that, that was only until they shot at him because originally, like, let I me mean, look. Think of his mindset. I love when. Uh, He's at the music store, and then the attorney is walking. He goes, something tells me I've been looking for you all night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a fucking great line. Yeah. But he almost thinks it's like a turf war between these two fuck. I mean, imagine the Warriors or something, right? Yeah. So imagine this detective's mindset. He's not thinking about these dimensional blah, blah. Right, He's yeah. thinking of like, he sees oh, my some God, kind of these cult, two gangs said. are dressed up like crazy fuckholes. Yeah. And killing each other or whatever. So yeah. at first, he's really kind of neutral to the situation. He's just trying to take command of the situation, right? And then he, uh, you know, once he gets to Eternia and someone shoots at him. But before we even get there, I want to talk about how uh, earlier in the movie when uh, when they uh, when uh, they track the cosmic key to uh, Julie's house where Kevin is right after the detective leaves with the key, and they put the collar on him. It shows uh, Kang, or whatever the fuck his name is, pick up uh, like like a little, a uh, like a clipping, a newspaper clipping about her parents dying in a plane crash. Like, oh, this has something to fuck, this has some fucking relevance, right? And uh, Evelyn does say, like, this could prove useful. But then later when there's the big uh, scene at the... Uh, at the music shop, Evelyn does use that to pretend that she is uh, Courtney Cox's mother. Yeah. And I gotta fucking say, man, like, it's the more... Well, it's it's gut-wrenching. The more I think about it, like, it's one of those things where if you want to really think about reality, you're like, oh, God, who the fuck... If you know your mom's dead and you're dealing with this war in this music shop and you're in the back of the room. All of a sudden you see your dead mother and she's like, Hey, come here and talk to me for a second. You know? Yeah. Everything should be being like that. I mean, you wouldn't even do that, but this is why I think this is a better scene to explain sorcery magic than almost anything I've seen in a Lord of the Rings movie where they just throw a fucking light ball at one another or whatever. Cause it's actually getting into a character's fucking head making them step out of reality and being like, hey, I'm your mother, you know, I'm not dead. I've, you know, we've been actually fighting this war looking for this key all along. I'm sorry we had to keep a secret, but I like how it's almost like a moment at a time. I mean, there is a, there's a fight going on in front of the store. Uh, Kevin and the cop are fighting over a gun or whatever the fuck in the store. And she like literally takes a second to fucking Evelyn steps into her fucking mind 
and like lets her play out this whole scenario of I'm your fucking mother a lot. I, I just think that scene's awesome. I was like, holy fuck, that's magic. That's getting into your head, creating a different dimension for who knows how many seconds just to get the key to evil in, you know? Mm. I think that's fucking brilliant, dude. Yeah, I agree. Brilliant! I agree. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't think so, I hope I can this. <laughs> There's eventually like a full-fledged invasion where Skeletor comes and is floating. Uh, what do you call it? The, it was the, a float. Yeah, it was a float. Like, a float. I mean, they filmed it right at ground level, so you didn't yeah. see the bottom. It's like. Dun, 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 All right. Dun, 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 dun. This on a street where there's like the Empire March. <laughs> Did anyone else think? Because the first thing you see that come out of the portal are these, you know, the stormtroopers. Yeah, right? they're like walking yeah. on the flying files. thing. Well, no, a couple no. dudes. Oh yeah, they're centurions. The, yeah, they're called centur- air centurions. Flying in. Did anyone else think uh, Avengers at that point? You know, well, when no. the guys on the aliens no. that come oh, down. Talking about out of the portal. I was almost thinking Flash Gordon. Remember how the Hawkman had the? Oh yeah. It's just a side. Sci-fi staple, guys it's a, on surf flying. Like, yeah. Something of a hoverboard, right? Yeah. We got yeah. Back to the Future. Back to the Future, I bet, had more to do with those. Probably. Well, it was Back to the Future yeah. and the, uh, the speed well, part two hadn't come out yet. Jedi. Part they come out of an 87? Part two is in 89. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Back to the Future. Oh, shit. So, if no. anything, it was just the speeder. I think it was the speeder no. bike. Yeah. No! <laughs> no! Jennifer! Why? No, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm just uh, looking at it as influences, you know. Right. Like the, the more current sci fi films, I guess. Yeah. And I guess Back to the Future could be influenced by it, but I don't think so. Uh, probably, probably not. not. But uh, I think the speeder bike, I, like I said, I think this movie is Jedi influenced. It's all mm-hmm. Jedi influenced. It's got, it's got the Emperor, it's got. They throw Skeletor down a hole. Or but that's just, a, but that, but come on, that's, that's yeah. the 80s way to kill anybody. Yeah, I can't claim that. that's necessarily Star Wars. I mean, that's, it that's felt Die very Hard, that's Joker, it felt that's Star fucking, Wars. that's yeah. everyone, though. It's, Everyone's, it's just because it's a guy in a cloak going down a, like, an industrial a shaft. Yeah, 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 a shaft. The kids don't have yeah. to see it. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's the green screen. It's a PC well. way of getting rid of your, it's yeah. PC is what it is. Because Superman 2 even had... The Kryptonians lose their powers and right. try to oh, fly, and like oh, oh, like fall into the mist. Yeah. It's like you just get rid of them. You don't got to think about I'm it. Saying, yeah. It's a way of erasing. It's because them out of the the, the villain has had his rise and fall. Ooh. Yeah, I don't. I think I've that's been. Simple, I was probably in my twenties before I actually saw like a person actually hit the ground in a film. Oh my god! Yeah. You know, I mean, like it didn't happen. Like no, there would be a fall. bridge. Did it, turtle, but didn't like, Die Hard kind of have a? But didn't Die Hard kind of have like? The camera followed him down. Yeah, but you didn't actually see him. Here. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's I covered thought, up by. I thought by, you maybe saw like a bounce, like like. I think it's covered up by. There's like a van or something, right? Yeah, there's something in front of the camera, so you don't actually see the impact. Right. I thought I thought you didn't see the impact, but I thought you saw like him disappear, but then like pop up for a second, like he want, might have bounced. But I, maybe it's I don't been know. years. Yeah, I, I need know. to watch that hard again. Well, it's at the end of the movie that they end up going back to Eternia finally to uh, you know face off against the now upgraded Which Skeletor. They, they find out a new, by, uh, uh, new design at this yeah. point. He gets like some armor. I love and that. Fucking he gets to scene fight because, well, like I say, he gets the he gets the sword, which the whole movie Ooh, almost really Skeletor. should have been about. I need He Man's sword, yeah, to open the <laughs> eye to the cosmos, right? That's what we find out in it. this scene. Yeah, he just puts the sword in a thing. Yeah, and he's like, finally, I, oh, oh. Yep, I have the power of grace. Oh, dude, the scene where where when the thing finally starts filling him. 
I mean, that to me, that is like, this is how I think how I really fell in love with this movie. It's just the scene of the eye opening and like the weird, like gold, gold, like 80s fucking, like, uh, like, uh, whatever you call it, like the paint, uh, uh yeah, the painted on special the effects, on like, special uh, effects, misty, like whatever, light, whatever, the light, energy, whatever. Deal, yeah. And he's talking about how, like, I can feel the cosmos flowing throughout me. Ah, this is And he says, like, uh, what he says, you are no longer my equal. You are nothing to me. You are all nothing to me. And he's, like, looking almost, I mean, it's looking at the villains. And I've always liked it in a movie when other villains are looking at the main villain like, ah, Fuck, you know? Like, <laughs> that like seems we, to happen a lot in this movie. And I think that's awesome. I think that's a cool... I just always like that, because it gives the villains some depth. Because even though, I mean, they're out for their own fucking good, but it still makes them at least somewhat well, makes conscious him, it makes, it of, would, like, man, I'm help, I helped, you know, this thing that could ultimately be bad for all of us and not just... You There's know, many times yeah. it seems like Evil Lynn is trying to seek Skeletor's favor, and like he just keeps shutting her down. Like, and she looks disappointed a lot, you know. Like, oh, I thought I was getting brownie points. But that's why, as soon as shit starts happening, she's like, trigger the retreat. I mean, she knows she's ready to like wrap up and almost take over the army for. Him, but you she's know? she's in, yeah she's into him when he gets all that power. Like, there's oh. those scenes where she's like, oh yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah like. I don't know if it's just, you know, like strictly uh, like a sexual, you know, attraction or what. Well, people with the power. Fact that he, you yeah. want people with power. That's the right. attraction, period. Yeah. Fucking rule attorney. Well, one thing I would like to say about the ending is finally He-Man has something to do. Because I noticed have, as we've been talking, <laughs> we've been talking about the Eternians and Skeletor and so-and-so and Skeletor and so-and-so and Skeletor. Where's the man? So there's this guy called He-Man in this movie. <laughs> he shows up and Lundgren. has a sword fight at the end with Skeletor and he wins. Oh, and the worst sword fight in the world. The day. <laughs> <laughs> worst sword fight in the world. No, they they should have ended it with, I have the power. Like, that should have been the end of the fight. That, that <laughs> always was a magical moment to me, though. You give me a little bit of something from the show, like... Like that, where he grabs the sword, especially after he glows. When, when Skeletor's like, no, and he's like electrocuting him so he can't get the sword, and he's like trying to get it and pulls it out. And, oh, I have the power. See, I used to think that, but nowadays I think oh, that that is just uh, a cheap callback, and they're just you know reverse engineer the film to get to those moments. Yeah, and well, sometimes it impresses that's cool, everyone. Though. Sometimes you're not giving it right to them. It's like it's just like in the in the first Ninja Turtles movie how Splinter gave him Calabunga at the end because they didn't want a whole movie. They're trying to show you almost like a beginning point, even though not to say that this was a beginning point of I Have the Power or nothing like that. Because he's already been He-Man this whole point. The only reason he would say I Have the Power is to become He-Man, right? Right. Well, but, you know, he just did that for like a fucking, I don't even know, power up or I don't yeah, even know. Was, I just like Skeletor's line after that where he's, where he's like, yes, this will be our final battle. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that, final battle. That's pretty good. Yeah. Skeletor's and then they, for some reason, the second unit director turned off all the lights in the <laughs> in the large throne room they built, and uh, just had like red lights flashing. And cleared out the room. Uh, like, cleared cleared out the room. <laughs> he cleared yeah. out the room. Like, hey, back on of, uh, <laughs> they ran out of finance. Dude, Gary Goddard on the audio commentary. <laughs> the fucking Gary Goddard. The hey, you said we weren't going to. I know that motherfucker. I was going to say the pedophile fuck. 
uh, talks about how, like, he was just like, oh, jeez. Like, he was so disappointed with, like, what the fuck? Like, he, like, but but once again, it's like, oh, well, you're the director. Shouldn't you have planned out their fight at the end? Because that's why they built, if you would look in the in the throne room, there's all these stairs. Like, oh, I mean, they built all these stairs for when they have their final sword fight at the end. They'd be going up and down these yeah, stairs yeah. and all this shit. And they just turned off all the lights <laughs> and just had a fight. And it's like, it's the fucking worst fucking fight at the end of a movie in the world. <laughs> Except for the eye of the power, and this will be our yeah. final battle It ends right there. For a movie predicated on a character with a sword, the sword play in this movie leaves something to be desired. Yeah. yeah. I do want to, before we wrap up, we do, uh, there is a, like a little coda scene where the, uh, the two puppy lovers get transported back to Earth, back in time, scene. To before the time that her parents got on that plane, well, I like that because so she can change the future. Gildor says it, but they don't really like. They don't agree on it. Like, yeah, I can like, send you back in time at any point in time. It doesn't matter. You yeah, know? yeah. And so like, it's we don't happy need ending. anything from you. And it's really cool the way they handle it because right before they get sent back through the portal, they show Courtney Cox going. Wait, Grandor send us through, you know, yeah, yeah, or something does, like that. Like, she says wait. something. And he gets it, obviously. Yeah. But then they, they wake up, and, and, and her parents are still there. <laughs> it's magical. Magical. It's a magical it's, ending. It's magical. Though. It's like a dream it's, ending. It was the day before they go on the trip. It's almost, it's almost yeah. like they wrote... The trip. This is what's yeah. so funny, dude. It's almost like they wrote the movie as if they went to Eternia for the whole movie, and they came back to a dream, but they yeah. did we it only in the there. last five minutes. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it's it's also it's the Back to the Future ending, you know. Yeah, you, you yeah, come yeah. downstairs and everything's different, yeah. and or you can change. Right you know, back it, here, you can change. Yeah. Back yeah. in old nineteen. There's a very heavy, heavy <laughs> Spielberg. But, but, did you hit your head? Nineteen eighty five. It's like a faux faux sp- Spielbergian, like uh, you know, very... all over the entire movie. Oh, and there is a post credit scene where Skeletor's you know comes out well, of the goop, and I like, will be back. Like rushing through this. Well, I like we're we're well, there. Come on, how many times have we went through? Come on, give me a break. <laughs> I like the I like uh because <laughs> they give him that little thing, that little thing that's like ah I'll remind, you know I'll remind you of attorney or whatever the fuck whatever the fuck. And when uh she, you know she runs out of the house with her parents' keys to the plane, which of course like so they got to go through like senior year again. Is that what this is saying? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like oh fuck yeah. Yeah. And uh, but uh, when they meet up and he whips out, he's like, "We were there, That's what it's the Wizard that's, of Oz ending. That's yeah. what I did finally realize. Like, oh, they wrote this ending as if they were an eternity of the whole movie, yeah. and it was like a dream that her parents had ever died or. Like Lala, and it just never like and it kept getting rewritten and rewritten down. Or something. Like you know what? That. We can't. No. How about we just set this on the street? They go to Earth. Let's, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's put some boxes over here. I've always wanted, like, like in my lifetime, I've always wanted to direct a fight scene in a warehouse back back lot with a gate, a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of wood uh, pallets, right. and some boxes for your bad guys to follow, guys. It's like, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah, that's all you need. Everywhere. Did you know there was a Masters of the Universe 2 planned? You probably know this. 
the cannon somehow it all fell apart. It ended up they built sets for it. Really? They were going to do it. It became Cyborg, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. You know, I've always heard like weird things about that, about how, uh, yeah, holy yeah. shit, yeah, So Cyborg. apparently so there's some part of Cyborg is the plot of Masters of the Universe 2. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. And Cannon eventually ran out of money sometime in the early 90s, <laughs> late 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Got ran out of money. Yeah. There's a documentary now, I think, about there's Cannon like two. films that I, I think want to two. check out and see, like... Yeah, yeah, I really want to see them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we got, uh, we Igor. Got Igor. 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 Masters. Masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising. Rising. All right. Thanks, Igor. So, this is Mailbag. Mailbag. Here we go. Comments on our Facebook page, which you can comment on our Facebook page. Facebook.com. Face- Face, Face, Facebook. That's what it sounds like after a few shiner <laughs> Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. Every Thursday, we'll tell you what we're watching next week. You comment. We'll read your comments on the air. Gary, who is not here tonight due to illness, writes in, Sorry for missing the show. I was looking forward to it. So in my absence, I put the following question to you gentlemen. How does this movie rank in the pantheon of cartoon adaptation movies? Wow. Okay. Oh, so, man, cartoon well, uh, uh, I would call it better than the Transformer movies. Yeah, uh, definitely better. Better uh, than Transformer. See, like, yeah. The modern day Transformer. I actually movies. like the first Transformer. Go like, to hell, Todd. No, no. The, <laughs> just right now. They, they, definitely they, better than the GI Joe movie. I like the G, second GI Joe movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't rocket. seen it. I don't know. I guess I. Yeah, it's got the rock and roll. That was actually like I. Yeah. I had low expectations. I get low. <laughs> all right, should we round robin this? I mean, I just think it's. I mean, almost all. I mean, almost all '80s cartoon movies are fucking horrible. I mean, they just don't. Mm. They yeah. just the ideas and concepts are bigger than the budgets and the yeah. you know the they just are it just takes a lot I mean that's why all these things like Transformers He Man most of them to me really survive on concept design it's all about the concept design and just like I mean it is the artwork it's not necessarily the plot it's not the fucking character you know I think the only one that really surpasses it is uh, Teenage Mutant. We're fucking A, right, dude? Oh, the original. Yeah. But that's just because I think no, yeah. that shit like derives more than just 80s cartoon shit. Right? So then we're saying this is mid-grade or lower? It's, it's up there. Uh, I would say Let's it's... Let's give uh, it... Uh, they're all, they're all down below I 3 say, out of 10. I, yeah, I'd say it's pretty <laughs> low. Yeah. They're all about... Yeah, that, that, they're yeah, pretty yeah. low. Yeah, who else do we got? Uh, Stephanie Pax writes in, This movie rules... Good journey. Oh, good journey. Good, good journey is how the Eternians say goodbye to yeah, each other. They don't say goodbye. We yeah. never say goodbye. Life say is good. a journey with many open portals to another. Life is a journey. Something. something. Good journey, Stephanie. Uh, Gary Lazich says his favorite quote in the middle of the battle is, How do you feel, He-Man? Hungry, says Man-at-Arms. I don't recall that. Do you recall that at all in the movie? I was lo- actually looking for it in this movie. Since we read that, it's like I didn't see it unless that's part of like a TV cut, like yeah, a TV maybe. edit. How Gary, you... you may have to clarify. You have to it... clarify it because we just watched this on Blu-ray, which I assume is a theatrical cut, and I don't remember that. Who says it to who? How uh, you... It looks like he's saying He-Man says, "How do you feel?" 
to Man at Arms who says hungry, which would be in keeping with the joke that was set up earlier. Uh, man at Arms is the hungry. I think one, if, but, if yeah. that comment happens, I think it would happen in the the first the ambush battle before they go to Earth. Because the first thing that they do, well, I was like, Earth, I said, I was food. actively looking. For well, when after that, he wrote that, when they're at the when they're at the music store. Uh, he man says, "I think they're angry with us, right?" And then Man of Arms says, "Yeah, they must have missed us or something." Like yeah, that. They must have missed us. Yeah, I don't know. That must be a, I don't know, a TV edit. We got to look at that. Yeah. So in the last, what's uh, the, yeah? What's we got a prose here <laughs> from uh, Nick Hammond, who's a sometime contributor or at all a frequent listener, sometime contributor. As an 80s baby, I grew up with Motu. Oh, he's got the Motu. Motu! And uh, had uh, everything from every toy ever made to my underoos decked out in He-Man. So he's saying he's a fan. Even when it was relaunched in the early 2000s, I collected every toy in that line. If I had a lot of money, I would even collect the collector's figures that Mattel sells online. They're awesome. Wow. Hard to get. So he's like really, really into... MaddieCollector.com. Really hard to get. Does he still have them? I don't know. I'll have to ask. Nick, do you still have them? them from him. But yeah. I will never, ever, ever, ever associate this abortion of a movie to the Motu. Horrible acting, storyline, and costuming killed this for me. The only thing that did come out of this was a pretty sweet Blade figure. Blade, back like I said, people fucking love Blade, right? Weird. I wow, guess so. Blade. My kids absolutely love the old cartoons and watch them over and over, but I will not let them watch this movie not so they do not get it. subjected to this atrocity. Uh, uh, sounds like a lot of first world problems. This movie's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate all your comments. Yours too, Nick. And uh, keep them coming. Facebook.com slash And I don't think the acting's show. bad in this movie at all. At well, all. I, I mean, the, the material is what it is. We should find out about that in your wrap-up. Wrap-ups? Well, I don't get wrap-ups. Why not? Oh, okay. Sorry. That's right. How in the hell am I going to follow Nick's? <laughs> I mean, that's... Okay, I'll try. Uh, yeah, so this movie is something. It's, you know, it's, it's an, a movie. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a movie. It's an 80s... It's definitely a product of the 80s. Um, that it feel, What it feels like to me is somebody that saw early 80s films and saw He-Man and said, why not put the two together <laughs> and make a movie out of it? But at the same time, they had some real talent behind it. I don't know. I mean, obviously, like Frank Lang- Langella. 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 No, just- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that brings your movie up. You know, he adds a star to the film just being in it, which really helps this film because <laughs> it needed a star. Uh it's without him. It's a teeny bopper romp around, a, you know, like wrapped around a fish out of water story, or it should be a fish out of water story, but it's not. Um, Thor is a better representation of this film. That said, it's, uh, it's you know, but I bet if Thor's three friends were with him, this would have been the movie, right? Well, <laughs> if his three friends went with him to Earth, it would have been this. It just, it just feels like they're so accepting of Earth. Like, okay, this is the way it is. Like, you have. I think they're just accepting of interdimensional travel. Like, maybe. they're really just we gotta get our bearings, just get our key, and get back to Eternia. Yeah, you but could be right. Yeah, yeah, and maybe they've had more experience. They don't even it. bother asking what dimension they're in. Yeah, yeah, uh, they know the natives look like. That could be. I mean, anybody that has time portals, they're they're not really worried about it. Um. Or that's what we're saying. I mean, this anyway. movie was made by Californians that don't ex- 
understand the Midwest anyway, because there was just a cow wandering around next to a chicken joint. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what happens in the Midwest. We just have cows wandering in the forest. In the forest. Yeah, in the fucking. Yeah. Dead. yeah. <laughs> and I really think they could have tied that in with the ribs and the you know the meat. Right. Like, right. Like oh, that was a cow. Oh, gross. What a hideous like, cry. <laughs> I love that character. That's good. Yeah. What a hideous, hideous cry. <laughs> yeah. He makes that movie as well. Uh, but, uh, okay, so watching it, I was feeling like, okay, this movie's like, this movie I've seen, this movie I've seen, this movie I've seen, right? Like, everything from the late 80s, early 90s, whatever. I've seen it. But um, this movie took a turn and totally redeemed itself with, which Travis mentioned earlier, when the plot thickens and you find out that Evelyn has, you know, she finds the picture of the parents and they, you know, she takes over the persona of the mom. Like that shit is pretty like, that's heavy duty. Like to me, even like that was, I wasn't expecting it. Like it was, you know, I mean, it, it it took a, how many other movies do you remember where someone assumes someone's identity? Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always creeps like. me out. It felt that's like a, that. That, yeah, it's, it's a creepy thing when someone could do that. To but you. it didn't feel creepy to me. It felt like it felt tender because like you have been watching this film where Courtney Cox's character is talking about how you know she lost her parents, and then all of a sudden, here's this character using that against her. Yeah. And the way they shoot it, it's like this kind of slow motion, weird, you know, fantasy thing that you're watching in the midst. Yeah, of, it's a, like I said, it's almost like a, uh, her own mindset. Right? Yeah, it's her own moment in time. That's it what is. it's like. It's like magic. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely magic. I mean, like like that's the moment in the film where like it's like holy shit, like this I I didn't expect this from this movie, and they they totally nail it. I mean, I feel for Courtney Cox leading up to it. I I really feel her for her in that moment, and it makes Evelyn that much more evil. Yeah, for you know, just going there. I know she's not human, and I'm I'm placing human tendencies towards her. Like, how can somebody be that you know cruel? But anyhow, um. She goes there and it's effective and the movie plays out. And then wouldn't you know it right at the last like five minutes, they, she says something in the portal. Courtney Cox yells something. Wait, you know, send me back to this time. We think it is. And then she wakes up like Marty McFly. (laughs) She comes downstairs and her parents are alive. I mean, you're watching this film where her parents are dead and she's devastated the whole film. And then you find out that her parents are alive at the end, and it's 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 a special moment in the film, and it makes this film that much better, I think. So, I uh, long story short, I you know it surprised me in places. Without all that, it's still a fun film, so I liked it for that. Um, the acting is atrocious, except for except for Frank. That's crazy. But I, I, I you know, I, I woman at arms. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> she was great in this movie. Tila was great. In this movie. There's just not enough of oh, them. Like the like the main characters aren't bringing it. There's I mean, so many characters though. That's what I'm saying. Main characters. There's a lot. All the characters. They all have. They're separate. There's they, a lot. They, yeah. This is trying the whole Avengers Guardians thing way before. You know. Yeah, it feels. It feels <laughs> a lot like all that. these people yeah. together and like having an adventure. And that's what they used and to do. And this movie's like. I mean, too. I'll get. To Okay. Uh, well, anyhow, uh, yeah, I you know I would recommend it. Surprise, surprise. Uh, check it out. Watch it. Um, like as a kid, I, I really liked the 
He-Man stuff. And then when I was in my 20s, I decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to watch this He-Man. I've heard bad things about the He-Man Masters of the Universe movie, but I'm going to sit down and watch it and then watch it. Man, it's fucking terrible. Oh. Um, <laughs> and You just had to put the fucking in there. You could have said terrible. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now that you've reappraised it. So yeah. now years and But then, see, also, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I sat down and, and watched he-Man again. He-Man. And I'm like, whoa! This is awful. Like, the cartoon. The cartoon. You can't go back to it. Um, You know, it's like, like you know, when I was playing with my toys, and you like, as kids, when they're playing with He-Man toys, and they're coming up with these crazy, just weird, you know, how kids come up with weird storylines, they're probably better than the storylines that the creators of the TV show actually came up with. Because they're wacky. Because, like, Skeletor is doing dumb shit. And, you know. So, you approach this movie. And the movie is... It's low budget. It's it's He-Man. It starts off... I think it starts off really cool set in Eternity. And then... You know, I mean, I didn't really care for Frank Langell's, like, the actual Skeletor, like, makeup. But, eh, whatever. He actually does, like, a good job. He... He's kind of like, um, um, you know, he, he puts a lot of effort into it. Unlike Dolph. Dolph Lundgren does a terrible job. I think it just terrible. Crazy. But um, this movie kind of reminds me of like Italian fantasy films. Like the, the just the, the glut after Conan came out when they were just kind of coming out with stuff and like, you're like, you know, you you got like call the Beastmaster. Like call is probably like call. the best. So it's like if you no, you mean crawl, crawl. So uh, so like if you put crawl against He Man Masters of the Universe, which was Masters, you probably would say crawl because it's more original. But no, crawl it's got the glaive. Crawl was it's the got, third movie the of Conan that they just no, couldn't that, finance, that call, so they put crawl. Oh, yeah, Crawl and uh, Call. Yeah. God, we can't talk about that. <laughs> I confuse Crawl and Call. Yeah. It's all the R. Crawl. Crawl. I need to see that again, actually. Crawl. I remember the starfish fucking throwing that. Yeah, so the glaive. That's yeah, the glaive. Yeah. That's what it's called, the glaive? The glaive. Right, explain that to a people. So, <laughs> um, so it's, it, it's on those levels of like, what, what are some of them? Sword and the Sorcerer. Sword and the Yor, Sorcerer. the Hunter from the Future. Yor. There's gore. probably a Gore. I gore yeah, movies, there's dude. Two gore. Well, I want to read those books. Yeah. I mean, all the, so, I mean, sci-fi, I mean, Sword and Sorcery was from fucking, like, probably, like, what, like, like, 72 to, like, like, heavy yeah. from 72 to, like, like maybe, like, 86. 80s, yeah, somewhere in there. I mean, I mean. So this movie all, falls into that category. Yeah, but it has... <laughs> it, it falls into the those categories of like those Italian just movies, but it has a license to it. It has the He-Man name attached to it and characters that you kind of know. So on that level, it kind of puts it like uh, maybe ahead of some of the pack of like, you know, maybe ahead of some of the gores, you know, probably ahead of Sword and Sorcery. I don't know. There was multiple gores, though. <laughs> one movie, there was multiple gores. At least three gores. I Sword and the Sorcerer is not very good. 
Oh, wait, wait, you're saying just having the license elevates it above those other movies? Well, plus the storylines, like the acting and the storyline and the budget is a little bit better than, than some of those. Um, I personally... That's probably because, like, lower-end Hollywood is still, like, high-end yeah, Italian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, by a long shot. Yeah, exactly, so, by a long shot. So, I, I mean, like, Italians I made kind of just like- wish... Like, I just, I kind of just... I wish the movie was entirely set in, I, in, in, in turning it, taking it to Earth, just yeah. fucking ruins it for me. Um, that's like my main complaint against the movie. I kind of wish there was, you know, do I recommend it? Uh, Dramatic. Yeah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah. Tom. Uh, Fucking recommend it or not. <laughs> waiting on pins and needles. You probably, you probably... That's a default yes. We're going to call. <laughs> I mean, like, if you put it like, it's like, hey, compare it to, like, the G.I. Joes or the Transformers. Don't compare like, it to those. Just- but if you, if you were just... if It's it's on par with that, so... Yeah, yeah, sure. It's better than Battleship. Wow, wow. It's better than Battleship. I mean, it's, 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 but there's worse. You you could have worse times. I'm shocked that you actually recommended it. I thought that was going to go, like, that was going to be rough. You can have worse times. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no defending this as a good movie, I don't think. I mean, so, like, we have to preface that by saying, like, you know, if you're going into this and they're like, these guys are recommending this, I'm going to check it out. You're like, you know, that wasn't I mean, good at all. Right. You have to be, if you're a connoisseur of schlock, right? Yeah, this is kind of where we're at. It's a fun movie. Yes. If you were a connoisseur, connoisseur of schlock, then there is a lot to like about this movie. I mean, it's, you know, got this really weird budget level where it's higher than, you know, like Travis was saying, it's it's low-level Hollywood, but it's not indie. I mean, they have yeah. money. I mean, enough to build this throne room set and at least, you know, there's laser effects and there's, you know, <laughs> uh, creature bump, makeups yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, it still just feels like they, they went cheap only because you know that there's a source material that takes place in this fantasy world. So it's like if you if you strip the license off of this movie and just look at the, like this is the movie, right? We don't have any backstory from these cartoons because I think if you do look at that, then I think that this is a failed adaptation of the source material. I think the kids who, you know, were the age to see this movie saw the cartoon and went expecting that in the movie. And it was like, what in the fuck? This is nothing like what I'm here for. Right. So it's like, OK, let's just throw that out. And let's just look at the movie itself. Then I think you've got, you know, I mean, you've got like this level of Hollywood cheese, you know, from like the late 80s. You've got, uh, you know, goofy lines. I See, I don't think that the actors are necessarily Bad. None of them are bad at well, all. Well, I think Dolph Lundgren is bad. I, he's, 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 no, he's, he's Dolph Lundgren. He's like any action star. He, he no, worked out as much as he needed. I think he is a non-actor. He is a physical presence. You know, or he, Dolph, he, Dolph he looks always like been bad. If if God didn't make Dolph Lundgren, then someone would have to go make him to play He Man. You know, I don't know. Someone. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he looks he looks the I part. That's why you hire him. It's like. You know, what's the character like? Who cares? This is a muscular, gut blonde dude. He's He-Man. He-Man barely has anything to do with his own fucking movie, which is kind of odd, but I think we pretty much cleared that tonight as we're talking about the synopsis. It's like he's there, but he's there's nothing to this character. Okay, that being said, right? Do we know why Arnold never became He-Man? 
Schwarzenegger? Conan? He was more successful. Yeah, he was more successful at this time. Yeah. This was already uh, Predator days. Yeah, almost. by 86 or 87, yeah, yeah. Predator. He was making Predator. Yeah, Wasn't this a big already. deal, though? If, if uh, Arnold I mean, would have made this movie, you know, I mean, it'd be about as big a deal, maybe, as, like, you know, a, the G.I. Joe series is today. Uh, maybe, I suppose yeah, who knows? It's like, oh, really. you're making G.I. Joe, you know? Yeah. I, think probably, I mean, even the audience universe. back then probably saw how, like, cheap a, cheap of a, uh, uh, of an effort it was. Oh, they did. Know? I remember the reviews. I remember yeah, the reviews. Right. They were like, this cheap piece of shit with, like, blah, blah, blah. I think and a lot of the stuff that we're crediting to the actors being bad is not necessarily the fault of the actors. Because I'm looking at them, and they're oh. like, they're doing what they can to, like, you know, I think in James yeah. Tolkien's you know, he's overacting to compensate for there not being a whole lot written to his character. Uh... <laughs> Robert Patrick McNeil, Robert D- Duncan McNeil, whatever. He's like acting as best as he can. It's just there's nothing, you know, really. They they all have like there's a, a flaw in the script. Of the script is like it's written at a kind of a junior high level. They there we were talking during the movie about there's chronons and parsecs and it's the it's, different types yeah. of like well sci-fi all this, like, time yeah. uh... well sci-fi <laughs> jargon that like these movies and like the certain Star Trek things like throw all this stuff in there and you're like what in the fuck are you talking about this is just like you know it's just sci-fi nerd stuff right that they just alphabet soup that they loaded the the script with um i think langella you know again i think he's in a different movie and i think you know a lot of it rests uh, a lot of success rests on his shoulders i remember a guy was interviewing him because uh for um i think it was frost nixon when he was in that and the interviewer was like you know okay we've interviewed you about frost nixon blah 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 it's very serious and then at the end of it he was kind of like Okay, so before I let you go, I just want to ask you about, you know, like, there's, you know, you've done other stuff in your life, and I'm a big fan, and Frank Langella's like, Skeletor. <laughs> and he's like, how'd you know? He's like, well, you're about the age, like, that really went over, and he, he they started talking seriously about his performance in Masters of the Universe, he's like, oh yeah, I love that part. Like, not ashamed of it. He's like, I loved playing Skeletor. And, like, explain. It's on YouTube. So, yeah. (laughs) But, like, years later, he he knew the, you know, still held that that part and that experience, I guess, close to his his heart. So, he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, he does very well. I mean, the movie's his to walk away with, you know. Um, Beyond that, we have, uh, I don't know, Richard Edlund did the special effects. I mean, he did Ghostbusters and stuff like that. I mean, like, so they weren't, it wasn't, like, super low budget where we couldn't afford to do anything. They were hiring, like, the best they had, people. They, they had could. the best people. They just didn't, yeah. they couldn't do what they could do. Right, but, I mean, the they budget. got Bill I mean, Stout, they had the best people. you know, they got uh, Mobius. Uh, Mobius John did Mobius costume design. Did. Yeah, so they were hiring, like, these good people, you know, to do all this stuff. So it's not like there's a deficit of, you know, craftsmen involved in this. It's just, it's a lot of effort directed at this thing, which is, as Brent, I think, said, it's like when you're watching it, you feel like you're watching the greatest hits of, like, 80s. fantastical you know like uh, sci-fi genre films it's like this has all you know the music comes from this place this theme comes from you know this part of the movie comes from here the wardrobe comes from here the sets come from here you know this part of the plot comes from here so it's uh i think you know i still i had fun watching it tonight you know it's like i wasn't bored and i didn't dislike it there was no part where i was like this is fucking stupid and i just want this to be over it was just kind of, I was amused, you know, through the entire thing. Maybe not in the way the filmmakers intended, but, <laughs> well, you maybe. know, I mean, it's right. as a schlocky, you know, it, you know, Saturday night freak show experience. I think this delivered this foot, the bill, and I would recommend it. Uh, 
I want to go back to what Colin was talking about with the villains, because, I mean, to me, almost what makes any superhero or fantasy or it's always the villain. You give a fucking villain for a guy to rise up and fight against, it makes the whole movie. Imagine all three Star Wars movies without Darth Vader. They'd be fucking shit. You'd have a whiny blonde kid. It's just one of those things where it's like, you need a villain more than anything. You need, you need to feel like, oh my God, these guys have so much going against them. You know? And that's why I do think this movie works. Cause I almost think people understood like, fuck, maybe Skeletor was this fucking hero of Masters of the Universe, the cartoon show. You know, maybe Skeletor did overshadow He-Man because he's such a fucking cool villain. I mean, Joker, I think, overshadows Batman. I mean, there's a lot of villains, I think, overshadow their heroes just because they're so fucking cool. So when you're writing a script, like, I look at, look at Tim Burton's Batman. That's a Joker movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a Batman movie. That's a Joker movie. And I think that's what we really had in the 80s. We had great villains for these heroes to go up against. And I think this movie utilized that to, like, the best of its fucking ability, uh... I do wish there was some more, I mean, especially when it comes to sword fighting and shit you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there could definitely be way more shit that's fantasy, but I think they go towards, you know, I mean, they're still trying to put a lot of different elements in it because, I mean, when, when people say, uh, like, uh, like Nick Hammond here said it was a bad ad, it's like, no, go wa- I mean, well, you said he watches the originals with his kids. It's like, dude, fucking watch those, man. This is not a bad adaptation, dude. Everybody's buffoonish. They fucking, they can't fight for shit. Nothing's really that detrimental. It's all about like well, bad adaptation is that it doesn't take. It's not. It's not that. It's just a different adventure. It's not. It's not that. It's not that. You're just watching a different adventure that happens to go to Earth or whatever. It's the same fucking thing. Like you, I guarantee you can take the same script. And just animate it the way He Man looks. <laughs> it would fucking be. It'd be fine. <laughs> just the fact that this doesn't look like He Man the way we know it is what gets in the way of this fucking movie. Other than that, it's exactly like a fucking Masses of the Universe movie. And uh, I mean, yeah, the big detrimental thing about the movie is the idea that like every all the cartoons were written without continuity, so. The show has no continuity, therefore the characters have no fucking continuity. Like in the show, the sorceress is Tila's mother. But but at the end of the episode, they had to wipe her mind of it. That way they can play episodes out of continuity without with you can't say sorceress is Tila's mother and then have episodes where she has no idea because they didn't care about continuity back then. They wanted to play cartoons just out of order and whatever the fuck. And, you know, they don't even mention it in this movie, you know, let alone that man of arms, man at arms is her father or whatever the fuck. I think they did mention that. They mentioned that in this movie. Yeah, they did. But it's just another weird thing that's like, yeah, He-Man almost has no continuity just because the type of show in a weird way. God damn it. In a weird way. I think that's a strength in a weird way, because I think that's what ruins in adult entertainment is our strict compliance to continuity to where when you're a child and uh, like when I picked up my first Superman comic book, I didn't care what number it was. I didn't care. I knew Superman. 
I knew Superman lived in Metropolis with Lois and fought Luther and Brainy, but like all this shit of like continuity wasn't so fucking important. When you get older, you got to know well everything has a beginning and there's a genesis to a to a story and da, 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 da. but when I think you're a kid, you're a little bit more open to just like who's that guy? I like how he looks, you know? Who's Spider? I like how Spider Man looks. What's he do? What's his power? You really want the basics of a character. You don't really need like when you get when you're an adult, you ask for a lot more. You ask for well, what what's his uh, you know what's his intentions? What's his you know like you know uh, what what drives him as a character? But as a kid, you're really looking at face value in a, in a way. Like what's he look like? What are his powers? Like what what is he you know really simple things and. Uh, I don't know. I love this movie. Like I said, uh, when, when I was a kid. You know, I, I got to a point when I was about, I started weeding out a lot of the uh, either really cultish or like childish things I liked when maybe when I was around 16 or 17, just realizing like, fuck, I've seen this so many times in my life and I've grown up out of it. And this was one of those movies I put away so many fucking times. Like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. But like, man, once a year, just like. It just hit, like, I had to fucking watch it, man. I had to see those Skeletor scenes. I had to hear him be like, when, when, when Evil Lynn says, finally, after all these, all this time, Grayskull is ours. And he goes, no! My. It's like, fuck yeah, George! He's a fucking awesome villain, dude. Awesome. Almost like the same way, like, if I think of Richard Donner's Superman... Dude, I think of Luther's lines. I think of everything Gene Hackman says in that movie. I don't think of shit Superman says. Hackman, Luther is the fucking star of Superman the movie. He just is. He's just he's got all the charisma because the villain. I mean, I really, I do think Hollywood takes more to the villains because the villain heroes can only react to a villain. A villain gets to actually have things he wants to do and he goes out and fucking does it. He's an active character, right? Mm-hmm. A hero can only fucking uh yeah, react. React. Exactly. You know, so unless he, you're he man. Uh, well, <laughs> unless you're he man. <laughs> but he man was sharing the screen with fucking four other people. Tila, Man at Arms, and Gwildor, let alone Courtney Cox, the cop, and <laughs> uh, there's a lot of characters in this fucking movie, yes. you know? But I don't. I mean, I think they did fine, really, because I, mean, I think they're trying to build more of a team dynamic. It wasn't necessarily this is a He-Man movie; it was a team effort. So I fucking love this movie. Everybody should watch this movie. Everybody should make their children watch this movie. Every uh, just I don't know. Just don't think too hard. That's what you gotta do. It's like this is one of those movies. Just fucking don't think too hard because yeah, there's not a lot there. There's not like, but it's one of those things where like watching this movie. Future generations could actually like work on like fuck. What is the actual Shakespearean like way that this movie would go? Because I actually like Hasbro has figured out like how like like there was a there was a there was some hero named Ragnar, some shit that was the original bearer of the power of Gray Skull, and mm. and uh, so they have like a lineage where the power of Gray Skull comes from, and like so there should be some big epic thing. And I guess it matters to some people or whatever. There's a comic book uh, now that's been running for about uh, for about three or four years from a uh, DC, just because uh, DC or Ty Warner, who the fuck you want to say, owns all this, all the characters or at least has rights to them. And so yeah, you can think you can you know you can think really in depth about it, but 
But uh, I think this is the sort of thing where we were talking about like artistic movies where, oh, you put so much in there. This is the type of thing where I think like, yeah, you look at a guy with a skull face. And like you said, oh, if you think of it, it's like, oh, it's a thin skin that like, you know, you can just start to add this shit to it that like might not be there. But in fantasy, fantasy's open to adaptation and change and whatever. Because, I mean, that's the only... I mean, like, movies like Buffalo 66, they ain't making for 40 years. <laughs> but He-Man, they keep tweaking and changing and, like, you know... There apparently yeah. is a writer assigned to the, what, a remake, reboot, to do it again. Does Joel Silver still own the rights? I don't know. I just I think last I, I heard Joel Silver had the rights for Buffalo sixty six. Yes, Buffalo sixty six coming <laughs> back. No, the Masters remake, the, the prequel. Yeah. So that's a recommendation then. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, to the highest. <laughs> All right, so that's Masters of the Universe on the Saturday Night Free Show next week. It's going to be Gary's pick, and he's not here tonight, but he sent along his pick. We're going to be watching State of Grace. An Irish mobster movie, which Ooh. I haven't seen. I don't know if you guys have. Ooh, Ooh Gary. Ooh. So that's next week. And as always, you can find our past episodes on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Cast Roller, Pod Bay, Player FM, and many more. Wherever podcasts are given away for free or on our website, which is Saturday Night Freak Show.blogspot.com. And until next time, ladies and germs, the balcony is closed. The basement is Whoa, shut down. The, the lights are going off. <laughs>